this is the Life and Soul podcast by me, Emma Forbes. This year has really been a year. Amidst the madness, we've all had a time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. I want to find out from some brilliant people what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. I find out whether priorities have changed, whether they've stopped striving to do everything right here, right now. So join me for this episode of the Life and Soul podcast. Sadly, before this podcast went out, Trini Woodall's mother sadly passed away. So we'd like to dedicate this episode in her memory. You are listening to Life and Soul with me, Emma Forbes, joined today by somebody I adore, I admire. I've watched her the whole of COVID relentlessly and bought every single one of her products, which I've even proven to her by showing her on Zoom. For this uh, interview today, Trini Woodall, welcome to Life and Soul. Darling, very lovely to be with you virtually. Well, it's lovely to be with you virtually. It's lovely to be with anybody, frankly, virtually at the moment. But as I said to you, you have really kept me going during COVID because I adore, I have to start off with all of this bit. I adore your videos. You are so flipping authentic and amazing. And as a sort of fellow person older than you, but kind of in that age range of menopause, back problems, I relate to so many things that you talk about. It's just, it's just fantastic because you help so, you just help so many people. I hope you know that. I love it that I do, Emma. And when I get, you know, I have a very loyal set of women who will let me know, you know, they, they, they send lots of um, comments and stuff. So I get that, which is like, it's like fuel for the soul. But also for me during lockdown, the best thing for me has been to have that relationship and to be able to, you know, connect with these women around the world so if I hadn't had that sense of think of today what I'm going to think about and, and challenge myself, I mean, I am running a business, but, you know, this video stuff is 10% of my day, but it means 90% of how I'm feeling about myself. Yeah. So it makes me look at lots of stuff. Well, it's too. sort of like therapy for you because you, you've had contact with people. I've loved it when Lila, your daughter, was with you because she was hilarious in the background or coming in or when you're getting dressed. I mean, it just reminds me so much of my relationship with my daughter. And she'd be like, what are you wearing or correcting you? It's just brilliant. So it was so, you know, it was so good because it's been the most extraordinary time, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been, it's just been the wildest time. I can't even really think of words to describe it anymore. I've been trying, but I can't. It's sort of just beyond anybody's control. And so actually your sort of business is the business to be in because you've got that direct contact with people. You didn't have to shut shops. You could no. be online. And goodness no. knows my biggest treat is that online arrival of parcels is the dream. Yeah, it is. I think that it's when things hit in March and we sort of stopped everything. So, you know, they had to leave the stores and, um, you know, we, we sort of stopped everything online for a second. And then I realized after about two weeks that people wanted to make themselves feel better. And, and yeah. clothing was key. Like I at the beginning didn't buy any clothing because I just first of all, I thought it was somebody tried on. Will I get COVID? You know, all that paranoia. Makeup is small and easy. And I think that lots of women who had kind of were waiting for us to come to a store near them because we have this personalization on Trinity London. Yeah. They could go along. And then after about a month, I thought, let me release virtual appointments. So in a day we released 3000, which all went. And I realized there's a hunger for women. You know, they've got a bit of time at home and they think, you know, is it time for me to rethink my routine? It's a big mantra for me, Emma. Is it yeah. time for me to rethink my routine? Because I, yeah. I do that in everything. It's that reset button. There's many, many beneficial things that have come out of 
this time in our life for me. But one of them is that reset button and thinking, is this life I want? Are these, is this the clothing I want? Is this the mental state I want to be in? You know, is this the way I want to, um, you know, use my body? in terms of well, recognizing because you know, I-, I saw you talking about the menopause and you were like you know I'd, I hadn't related the fact that I was aching because I'd stopped taking hormones I think everybody didn't really have the time to go actually why am I aching why do I feel like death after I've worked out yeah. because we haven't really had that we haven't had that pause or that reset so we've kind of plowed through as I'm sure you did kind of going oh well, it's probably just a bad day or I'm exhausted or this yeah. that and the other but then you're like no actually maybe it's something else it's like I think some things did get left behind and you know you and I have been down a very similar hormone journey and those women listening to you know there's times when some people think well you know I've done it for a few years hormone replacement therapy whichever kind some women have done and then you know oh my prescription ran out I won't get another one and then it was it's only after a few months that you actually realize I mean for me my personal choice is that I want to have extra hormonal support until the day I go into my grave. It's not about making me stay young, Emma, because I don't look at life like that. I look at it and I think you look at it this way too, which is I want to wake up with tremendously good energy, which allows me to decide what do I want to do today and not to be controlled and confined by my body going down the path of life quite quickly and maybe having no hormonal support and no other support. So that's my choice. That's every woman's choice. And there are some women, you know, on my, on my comments thing, will say, oh, well, you know, why do you want to still be young, you know, look younger or whatever? And I'm like, my mum is, my mum, my darling mother, we both, you know, have yeah. older mothers, okay? So yeah. my mum is 89. Yeah. She got COVID in April. And I thought that would be it. But she was, you know, in a hospital, it was the time when they said, look, here's the, the you know, you can have yeah. the Facebook for the last moment. Nobody's come out alive moment. My mother, after three days, was still singing. She had no symptoms. Asymptomatic COVID carrier, super carrier. So finally, we get her out of the hospital after a month. But she has Alzheimer's, so she's gone a bit, you know, when you're yeah. no population. So, you know, she then goes back to home. We don't see her for a few months. But... My mother's 89 and I know other women of 89 and in a different state. Now, my mother never, ever took hormones. My mother never, ever acknowledged the menopause. I remember, um, you know, 55 to 60, my mother was in a bad mood. You know, she was in a bad mood and she was stressed. And I remember that time because like 50 to 55 was the time when I was a teenager and we got on very badly. Just she would have no, you know, a woman of that era... Yeah. didn't really feel that they could say, oh, it must be my hormones, you know, because it wasn't acknowledged. It's exactly the same with my mother. My mother is 50, um, 86. And she yeah. says to me, the last time she went to a gynecologist was the day she gave birth to me, which is a terrifying <laughs> five years ago. And I keep saying to her, you don't brag about that. Like that's not, she's like, no, she doesn't. And you didn't talk about it. She goes, oh, I don't remember having the menopause, but I'm like you, I do. Like yeah. I do remember her having that. And I think you're right. You and I talked to a lot of the same people about the menopause and it is everybody's individual journey but I'm like you I feel like I want to be the best version of myself that I can be it's not about looking younger it's about feeling like I've got energy to do the day and the menopause is such a weird and sneaky thing and I know that anytime I talk about it on an interview I get such a great reaction from people because they go oh my god I didn't realize that the the, the headache I had or the joint pain or 
the feeling a bit helpless or vulnerable or whatever it is, is related to it. We don't necessarily go there and think, oh, it's menopause or perimenopause. We have to kind of, you know, and you don't necessarily get that diagnosis by going to a GP. No, I think GPs, I mean, you know, people are going to be listening to this all around the world, but uh, some people are in England and, you yeah. know, we both know women's had experiences of, you know, I had yeah. one sit down, here's some, some, you know, HRT, they didn't give me one blood test, nothing. No. And that was it, and bye-bye. And lots of women, I think that the, the thing I hate the most, Emma, is the amount of women when I've done these little films the last few weeks on menopause who said, I went into my GP, I told him my feelings and he put me on antidepressants. I know, that's I mean, I want to fucking kill them because I it's know. Like, please, really, are you so pig educated that you don't get that I it know. might be other things? And, and that, that still happens. It's yeah, still happens. so yeah. prevalent. I've got, I've got girlfriends who go, I'm on antidepressant and I'm like, why? And they go, I don't even really know why, but I went with these feelings. And then those antidepressants cause other problems like yeah. then you've got something else and you've got to come off that and the, no it's a huge thing and I think that you're right in that what you've done in this whole because I, I, I think I actually I interviewed you right at the beginning when you were setting this up did, yeah. and yeah. and I've always loved that your your sort of inscription is and it's on your page is be your best and your whole sort of motto in life is if I can help women to kind of make the most of what they've got physically intellectually everything it, it, it's a good thing and I think that that's I really feel like you've you've hit something in the makeup market that nobody had really done like your new BFF cream that I said to you not lying already pre-ordered but you had something like 10,000 pre-orders with people not even knowing what the hell it was but going I want that but to mix that stress serum with the skincare is mm. is brilliant because that's what we all need now and we need that kind of pepping up I think people are starting to go I mean I literally I thought the other day if I don't go into a shop and buy I'd watch one of your things and I'm always wearing black and white and you've done a comment saying I only wear black if I'm like I feel like I'm tired if I'm wearing too much black right you said I like to do color and I thought I'm wearing black sweats and if I don't get out of this I'm gonna feel miserable forever like there yeah. is a real thing you're you know to, to dressing just to getting out of your yeah. out of the norm because we don't do it I, I agree and I had this woman who left a comment that I put on my stories this weekend because she said I do this thing on a, on Saturday called closet confessions and it's yeah. just like you know different sections so it might be a color one week and how to dress and style and it's using mixture of clothing but this woman left a message on the one last weekend and she said you know I I really don't know now how to dress because, you know, we've been told this thing of make your top half lovely, you know, and make the effort here, which I think is really important. Yeah. And, then, and then she said, I used to really dress up to go out. Now I'm not going out. So I'm making my top half, but my bottom half is in sweatpants and it's <laughs> being left behind. So I don't know if that's damaging how I feel about myself for the day. So uh, is there something we can do where we should actually be saying, instead of just doing a bit, it's like half washing the car, you know, but what yeah. can you do that you are, let's say, going to be home all day or not going out on many sociable occasions, not having lunch with girlfriends, but you want to feel really good about yourself as a woman. And yeah. you want to feel, you know, it's a very old fashioned say, not letting yourself go. I don't like that expression, actually, Emma, but yeah. it, that giving yourself the best possible opportunity to get everything out of the day. So that is, you know, making a bit of effort, putting a bit of makeup on. And, and I think the reason I did BFF de-stress is 
when I launched Trini London, I looked at what I felt was missing. And you always do that when you launch something, you know, when yeah. for you, you're looking what's missing, what's missing in pop- podcast land, what's missing as yeah. a, as a blog, what's not being addressed. So I just knew I wanted very quick makeup. I wanted everything queen based, really easy. But when I was doing de-stress and I thought about this two years ago, but now it's very relevant is I, you know, you and I've gone on a, a journey of wellness. So I do look at stress in my life. And I really went off to research what happens to my face and body when I'm stressed. So, you know, adrenal glands work over time, stress releasing hormones come in, cortisol comes in. Yep. So we know what cortisol can be. It's our fight or flight. It can be brilliant yep. if we're being attacked by a bear, but if we're overproducing it, it's quite damaging. And it sits, when you produce it, it, it will come out to your epidermis and it will sit right outside on your epidermis. And that's the kind of, um, if you overproduce and you're very stressed, that's when you know when, when we look really tired, but also our face goes very dry because yeah. cortisol yeah. takes away hydration. You know, it's like when you're very scared and you've released it a lot, you have a dry yeah. mouth. That feeling, yeah. Exactly the same thing. It's happening to your skin. So I thought, okay, that's really interesting. So let me look at other things that cause me stress. So this is way before we were locked down, but I've always used my phone and computer a lot. I'm always on it too much. I'm always on it at night when there's no other light to diffuse the HEV light. So I was looking at the damaging effects of that. And then I thought, all these people talk about a hybrid and I just think that's such crap. I know what's in your product. There's like less than 5% of any active ingredients. So I thought, can I do something that's really a proper serum, but it has color in it? Can I do that? Can I invent really a category that hasn't totally been invented yet? It's just pretending yeah. to be. So <laughs> then I played with 30 renditions because I took this thing, Neuroflowlina, which actually reduces cortisol on your face. I took this, I, I came up with a complex that will help with the HEB light. And I had to, you know, when you, when you make formulas, you have to kind of, things have to sit well together. And like retinol doesn't like other friends in a formula, but no. neuroprolene likes friends. It doesn't mind a bit of vitamin C. It doesn't like some other friends. It won't destabilize. So we just added to it, added to it. And I thought, this is why my business fascinates me, Emma, is yeah. when we think about skincare, we usually think about cleaning our skin. And then we think about a serum, you know, if this is yep. quite simple, yep. a serum, and then an SPF or moisturizer, that's kind of the most simplistic. Many yep. layers you can do in between, you can clean your skin properly. So clean it twice, make the pore clean, get a exfoliating acid to make it even cleaner, put on a vitamin C or put on a serum, and then put on your moisturizer, an SPF. And if it's all in one, great. So this little baby is going to come at the end and people go, but it's a serum. When I was launching, they would go, how can a serum not be the first thing you put on clean skin? And I said, because it has to sit where it takes action and it fights for you. And that's on your epidermis. So I loved our launch. Our launch was, I mean, if you talk about stresses, Emma, I launched (laughs) uh, a few weeks ago and it was the most incredible day, but everything suddenly went wrong with the site. Our match to me didn't work, which is our personalization then you clicked on the button and it went nowhere for the de-stress because we had like 30 times the amount of traffic. Stress for de-stress. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I think I hadn't been that stressed in my <laughs> four big lives, all right? So I had like, I spoke to half a million people during the day. Hadn't been that stressed probably since I launched Trinity London. In fact, I could say even 15 years before that. So I really needed it. But during the day, your skin looks better and better and better. It's really... I'm yeah. so proud of it. I want it to win an award because the woman I developed it with who works in my MPD, Gaia, 
and she's an Italian and I stole her from a lab in Italy and she's amazing. Um, and I would love for her that it would, because she would be like, it would make her life. But I think that's what's so great is that your passion for it is, is, is so great, but also it just shines through in that. Because honestly, I, I, I've never seen anything to, to even compare really with what you're doing. And I think the fact that you are the face of it, if people have known you from your career earlier, you yourself had bad skin in the beginning, uh, which you, which, which also is a great incentive for somebody to, to, to not put on crappy products. Because if you have uh, bad skin, the worst thing for it is piling on dry makeup, foundation, concealer, spot cream, everything like that. Uh, and your skin is now flawless and amazing. And I think for more mature skin, I know for me, the cream aspect, I used to spend my life trying to find products which I said would give me a dewy, youthful look and the only way to do that is with cream things and the speed the speed that you can just carry something and it just is good to go like the miracle blur and stuff like that it's brilliant and i think that you know from when you started which was only in 2017 i mean that's a rapid growth of of epic proportion in terms of you know reaching that person at home because we have all needed that sort of contact yeah i think and i think that social media and you've got a daughter, you get it. I think it can be awful for our daughters and, and, and kids. And I think it can be amazing. And the amazing side is when you see people that are really authentic, that really say it like it is and chat like you do in a live. And then for me, it's like the best of the best because you've got a friend, you've got somebody you can speak to, they can ask you about menopause, they can get advice. You, you know, you made me die laughing the other day when you got on a Zara dress of which I had bought a very similar one and you just chopped it off and made it into a shirt. And I just thought, I never think of that. That was the most brilliant thing. I thought it was the most brilliant thing, but it's so great because people don't necessarily see that or do that until somebody does it for them and goes, actually, I'm going to be brave enough. I'm just going to go in and I'm just going to chop that dress off. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I and I'm sounding like kind of super fan, but I am. And, and I think that it's important to recognize those things. And I think that where you're going with it and this serum, as I say, I, I anxiously await mine. And just so you know, it arrives very fast in America. But I think that if you were to sort of say as well, what I know you said in the beginning, it helps you, but what are your sort of, do you have any rituals or mantras that you live by? What gives, you know, cause this is called life and soul. I want to know what gives you your life and what feeds your soul. I think that um, I can look at when I have a good day and a bad day, Emma, and what are the different things in it? So if I wake up without enough sleep, I'm of an age where I can't not have good sleep. And occasionally I'll do a sleeping job just to make sure I have eight hours because I'd rather have that. And wake up, if I do some form of exercise, it's important for me. And I could go weeks without doing anything, but I just know I need to. Yeah. And it's, I think the thing that I find the most important is um, self-touch. Yeah. And especially now when we can be on our own, like I'm up here in my office all day long by myself and I'll see Charles yeah. in the evening and Lila is yeah. at school now, but I'll see her at the weekend. So I am quite isolating yeah. uh, in this space. And so it's really important that thing of just massaging your face, you know, just having that moment of little self-love. And so massaging my face is a really ritualistic thing for me. And yeah. I tell sometimes I'm going to show you now the 
Do you use those tools? Do you use like gua sha yeah. tools and stuff like that? I love the gua sha tools. I use the Hey You from um, yeah. from Katie Brindle. I use these metal ones, which are incredible as well for knuckles. Ooh, and if you've got any arthritis or bones or you just need to really get in there, this yeah. is the most amazing. It's a heart-shaped tool for those of you listening at a bit of a curve and it's metal and there's one made of jade. But So those things I do a lot. That's, a, that's yeah. an important element to me. Um Singing to music badly, which yeah. I do with Lila in the car. I will always do that when we go and see my mum and we're a bit low about seeing her, or, you know, but just for the situation. And, and we'll just have this mad, you know, and our tastes are becoming a bit more similar. At the beginning, I had to listen to so much of Ariana Grande. I nearly died. But, <laughs> but you know, now suddenly there's, you know, 10cc. And I'm like, where? Oh, yeah, because retro is back. Yeah, we can go retro. back a bit. And she goes, Mommy, do you know this? And I go, Lila, I know the words better than you. And that's yeah, so yeah. much nicer than three years ago when she said, isn't this an amazing song? And I was thinking, I really want some headphones. <laughs> uh, um, so that's very nice. And I'm sure you remember that, Emma, that time when you become, you know, I never want to be Lila's best friend. She has best friends. I don't need to be her best friend. But when, like, she, like she's, I love our little moments up here and she, you know, my wardrobe is next to her bedroom. And she yeah. would always, when I, I was doing a culling, I'd say to her, do you think you'd ever wear that? She'd go, no, 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 no. And now all the things she would have said no to, she's starting to say yes to. Oh, and it's such a great moment, that. The only thing with my daughter is she goes, I love that vintage jacket of yours. Like, it's not vintage, sweetheart. I bought it like a year ago. Like, <laughs> not everything I have is vintage. She calls everything that she takes in my wardrobe. She's like, that amazing vintage piece you've got. I'm like, okay, it's not, it just isn't, you know, I know I'm older than you, but it's kind of, <laughs> but it's all right. It's that moment where it switches from because you don't want to be their best friend, but you just have really good fun together. Yeah, like, that's what's fun. great. I love that. Yeah. So so that's kind of, you know, and now she has a very sly way because I was very good about, I just bought Zara when I was, you know, for about seven, eight months. Yeah. And then when we came out, I went to some of the sales around London. There was just nobody had gone to sales. So I got some beautiful clothes, you know, like Gabriella Hurst blazers that I'd normally never pay full price or Lueve trousers mm -hmm. at 80, 90% off. But whenever I got something and I was thinking, oh, should I get it or not? And Lila would get, go on, mommy, get it. And I'd be, Lila, really no. And because she'd always, you know, there'd be an age where she'd sort of think, if I bought something that day, would she get a little something? There was that. But there was yeah. something, none of this. There was such generosity of spirit. <laughs> and I suddenly realized it's because she was thinking, mm, I'll yeah. be wearing that. I'll be wearing that in a year. Yeah. And, and, you know, if she can get it earlier, then she will. Yeah. So, so, but that does, these are very superficial things, Emma, but as a mother of a daughter, yeah. I love it. It just makes me, I, I, I like that we have similar tastes and stuff. So that's just great. That's really yeah. great. I did a lot of meditation when we were um, really staying at home and seeing nobody with this very nice man, Sanjay, and I, I did it and it was very stressful doing it because I wanted to do it for people. So I did it on Instagram where he could come in as a guest, but Facebook yeah. weren't offering guests. So I then put my Facebook phone looking at my Instagram phone. And then there was a moment when we were going to do the meditation. So I put some flowers in between the two phones. It was so complicated. <laughs> but I kind of thought I want everyone to be able to meditate. We did it every Friday at six o'clock at the end of the week. And and it was amazing yeah. that. And yeah. I think there was such incredible power. I remember my mother, 30 years ago, told me, and she's not at all a religious woman, but there was a friend of hers, this is like 70 years ago, just after the war. And they, she was very sick and they all prayed for her. 
You know, it's a very American thing that you you pray yeah. as a group, and I'm so not religious. Yeah. But she said the you know you hear about those moments. But when we were all doing the meditation, and this guy is very good because he gets you to imagine things. It's not like you're on a beach and there's a the sound of water. It's like get this ball of energy in your hand, feel it. You know, feel yeah. the tingling sensation in your fingers. And he did this quite sort of like Salvador Dali's landscapes we all had to go through. But as a result, you then realize what he was bringing in was that hope or peacefulness or whatever in some odd yeah. or something. But I felt it 10 times more because I knew that there were a thousand women doing it at the same time around the world. And that was an incredibly powerful thing. Yeah, I get that. And I think also that sort of reflects in the fact that I do think that it's brought out a kindness in certain people too. I feel like there's a, I mean, it's brought out the awful bits and some, but, but there's been, I feel, some really random acts of kindness that I've yeah. really liked and kind of thought, wow, that's that's really amazing. People have done some really lovely things that I wouldn't expect them to Give do. Give me an idea of things for you. Well, you things like, you know, when we were properly in lockdown, somebody just came and just delivered. I'd, I'd had a conversation with somebody <laughs> locally and said oh my god I love English smoked salmon I said I have no idea where you would get it and I woke up the next morning and he just put some on my doorstep um I was just like oh my god that's just the sweetest thing ever that somebody would think about it and go and get it and put yeah. it on my doorstep and it was Scottish smoke I mean god knows how long it had traveled for in COVID but it was just a lovely random act of kindness and I thought in normal circumstances that probably would have never happened they were just like little things that made me go well that's nice and I thought because you've done so much putting out of the kindness I wondered if you'd had any of that coming back well what I get is you know I have from friends but I you know at the beginning I really so I'm taking off my makeup as I talk to you because I'm going to then go and have a nice bath um so I I think what I found lovely is is in the um in the sort of followers I have there's um this kind of set of more dedicated followers and they started a Facebook page years two years ago called the Trini Tribe in Northwest England started by a lady called Kelly and yeah. she literally went on to Facebook did this thing Trini Tribe and said does anyone follow Trini it's a fan page and that started organically and then they sort of popped up everywhere um, and random places and then we kind of got involved and said look this is all lovely but you're all using a different picture of Trini and it's you know could you should we should we give you a logo for yeah, the Trini and make it, something. Yeah. And make it so that you know you can have one northwest England here but there's some people yeah. in in Croydon who have joined the one in Lancaster and you know whatever so so now today there's about 48,000 members around the world that's amazing and they're on Facebook and they you know, they talk about 101 things. So in New York, there's an East Coast one and there's a Facebook admin who's just the person who started that group. And it, there's Sandy Dolby. She's the one in East Coast. And there's now 3,000 members. And they just, you know, I might say something and they might start to comment on it, but they've become their own veins and they're of, of, you know, they'll all help each other. It's an incredibly supportive network of women. And they're all probably, most of them between sort of, you know, 35 and 70, but some are a bit younger who joined, some some men have joined. And these women have formed these friendships. And I think this is an interesting thing mm -hmm. about friendships with women, because we have friends that we've had a long time and we have our sisters and our mothers and our daughters, and they all put us in a box. And that's because of their familiarity with us. And most of the time we 
as women, we know that and, and we're used to that and that's the flow of life. But I think there are moments that women wake up and they think, I want to change a bit who I am. And everyone else might want to drag me back to the person they feel comfortable to be around, but I actually want to adventure somewhere else. And what I think is interesting about this group, and this happens to lots of groups, but I think our group in particular, because it's not a menopausal group or a Friends of Virginia Woolf group or something, yeah, yeah. Is, is you decide who you want to be. So, so all the friends that you're making through this group, they see you as that woman and how you wish to contribute. So it, I, I think I've seen this blossoming of women who maybe in their own small community are, are judged just because of bias, because of, you know, friendship. Yeah. Right? And it's very freeing. And they've yeah. all made friendships. So there's a few, there's like sort of about 10 women who every single post I'm on, they'll be doing things and stuff. But, you know, when I'm down and, and three of these I've seen on a live, two of them I've met yeah. and the others I haven't. You know, I, I was sad about my mum a few months ago and they sent me flowers. And, you know, just like yeah, I, like blue-eyed birdie, um, you know, just thought you'd like some flowers. Um, and, and I just, and there was a lady in the Netherlands, she sent me some biscuits. And I, it was just like, because your friends, it's like, I suppose we expect our friends to know stuff and, and, and you know, they do or don't do stuff. It's the kindness of strangers. I, I was going to say, it's the, it's the kindness of that person out of one's... Uh, friendship immediate circle I think that has a bigger a bigger impact I, I couldn't agree more and I think that's so lovely and I didn't realize the Trini tribe was growing as fast and and as furious as it is that's incredible too because I do think there will have been conversations perhaps you wouldn't have done so much on menopause and different conversations yeah. Yeah. had this not have been in lockdown and I think if, if we've sort of grown out of that I definitely feel that I've you know, I, I didn't watch as much or get or participate as much as I have. And my screen time has gone through the roof, but in a good way. And I think that if we've used it in that way, it's great. And as I say, I mean, I've, I've loved chatting to you today. I think you're, you know, brilliant at what you do. I, I watch all your lives. I can't wait for my um, stress serum to arrive. I should be putting that on my Instagram for a start because goodness knows I need it. Another thing I just literally started today is... How do you say QI in Chinese? Qi, qigong? Qigong. Qigong. Okay. Qigong. Yeah. Qigong, I got because a woman who does Haiyu, Katie Brindle, she said, you must try it. And I had a man come around today. I mean, my assistant was here. And so I, we, we filmed it. Yeah. He was so handsome. We didn't know where to look. It was quite <laughs> funny. I was like, I never, ever, ever give a shit usually how men look. I'm always drawn to people who aren't classically He was just devastatingly handsome. Um, and they kind of, they have humor or they're incredibly smart. That's what I've always been drawn to all my life. And, and this man, I mean, Louise and I did not know where to look, but anyway, he was like so kind of toned and lithe and six foot three and, you know, beard and everything. And he, you know, taught it to me and it was so amazing, Emma. And I thought this wow. is actually where I am right now. This is so what I've got to do because I thought it would be like Tai Chi, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do these five animals and there's the, there's the snake and there's the leopard and there's the lion and there's the hawk or, or a dragon and things. But you do these series of exercises and all the time you're breathing in that just through your nose, which I never do. Wow. And he said, it's a moving meditation. And I was thinking, you know, well, that's going to be nice. I'll just like be 
moving and meditating. But by the end of an hour, I was literally crawling with exhaustion. But it was so incredible. And and I'd never come across a practice which actually dealt with your internal organs, dealt with your mental health, and dealt with your physical strength in your body. Um, so I, I would recommend anyone to try. I'm going to now. Um, I'm now. You're going to you're gonna put a video up of it so that people can see it. I am. I'm going to. With I, the I, handsome I, man, or just with you doing it? No. I mean, I, it's like I do have now. I realise there's some women who have clickbait on my feed, and it's quite <laughs> funny. But one of them is called Doctor Sepp, and Doctor Sepp is one of the main docs of the Viva Maya Clinic in Austria. But oh wow! Of, okay. I first had Doctor Sepp on right on Instagram. <laughs> And I was just chatting and he was, this is a man who talked about the body and health. You've got to, uh, Emma, you have to interview him, okay? Because okay. he talks with such common sense. There's no faddish diet. There's no O-type. There's no this, that, the other, whatever. He literally talks about emotion and food. And at the end of it, you think, I can do that and I'm going to do that. And okay, how he looks. <laughs> this man is like literally all of my local lovely followers were saying Trini I can't breathe uh, and then when I had him back on it was like oh my god let me get a glass of wine <laughs> I've only had that once in my career and you've just made me think about it because I was thinking who I get on this podcast I once had to interview Richard Gere oh yeah and he'd come out with this film I think it was it wasn't Pretty Woman it was another one of these movies. anyway whatever it was I was like no 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 so on it camera crew go live and I ran after him. He was walking into the, into the cinema for the premiere in, in Leicester Square. Yeah. And I'm going, Richard, Richard, with the microphone. And he turned around and I looked at him and I just thought, oh, my God, you are so beautiful. And I love you so much. I never said a word. And they kept playing it on TV, going, here's Emma's in-depth interview with Richard Gere. I literally never, I literally never said a word. It was so awkward. He eventually just, he stood there and he went, hi. And I was there with the microphone. And then eventually he just had to turn around and walk away. And I never spoke a word to him. Oh my God, Emma. I know, missed opportunity or what? I mean, just mortified, but he was so beautiful. He literally, and I'm like you, I love humor and I love personality and all the rest of it. But there was something about him that I just was like, no, I'm rendered speechless. (laughs) <laughs> completely speechless. So now I'll have to look up Dr. Sepp at the Viva. That's a clinic I've always wanted to go to now. Maybe oh I'm... Oh my God, Emma, can I just say... Is it I amazing? It so bad. No, I've never been. Oh, you've I never been either? So badly. I so want to go too. If at all. We'll have to go. Maybe we'll go together in better times post-COVID. I'll come with you and we can admire Dr. Sepp and feel amazing. Oh. Trini, thank you for taking the time to chat to me today. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.